Lord, I just pray you hit each person here with a brick. <laughs> that, that you get into their heart, their soul, and their mind to be totally sold out for you because you have been totally sold out for us. And everybody said, amen. All right, I'm getting all sorts of just making sure. One person said to me, I won't say her name, Laramie, that if you put a pickle up there, I'm leaving. So I don't know if I got up there, but my message today is fickle as a pickle. And I had to Google it to make sure I understood if, if that was just me thinking that or if that really was a, a saying, and it is. So I just want you to hang with me, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But, you know, I just want to share about fickle people. Oh, yeah. Hi, guys. You just waving at me? I love you, too. Hey, it's time for our kids in J-High. Have fun today. I know they got lots of awesome things planned for you. Praise God. There they go. Wow. That's a crew. So today I want to share with you about fickle people. How many know some fickle people in your life? Don't, don't even raise your hand. You know, one, one day they're excited and oozing love. Then the next day they're spitting nails. How do you feel when this happens? Frustrated? Confused? Angry? Yeah, probably all of it, right? Well, did you know that Jesus dealt with fickle people too? And I want to look at how Jesus dealt with these people and how we can change our mindset when someone around us is fickle. So, you know, today is Palm Sunday. And it's a story when Jesus rode through Jerusalem on a donkey. I just love it. They call it the triumphal entry, triumphal entry. And, you know, there were great crowds there from all over celebrating the Passover. They came together to Jerusalem, and they took time to go through this Passover every year. So it not only was people just from Jerusalem, but crowds from all over to participate in the feast. And they were, they heard about Jesus, and all of a sudden they see this donkey, and all these people are praising yelling Hosanna, chanting, putting palm limbs down and tree limbs so that the donkey didn't go on the ground because Jesus was being honored. Wow. They were praising him, chanting his name, and shouting their praises, and the whole city was buzzing about this man who could be the Messiah. John 12, 12 through 15. The next day, the great crowd that had come from from the festival, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a donkey and sat on it as it was written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey colt. Wow. He must have felt pretty good, huh? If only he hadn't known what was coming. <laughs> but as the Pharisees looked on with this event, they were filled with, I didn't know whether to say the word anger, resentment, jealousy, but the Pharisees were not happy. They were men of God. They studied the scrolls. But they began to make plans to get rid of him. 
because they just couldn't handle what he had done and what he represented. They are afraid of what Jesus was going to do. And you know, the Lord actually hardened their hearts. And that's a saying that's kind of hard to explain. I don't even know how to explain it. And why God has done it several times in the Word, where he says, I hardened their hearts. I think God knew it had to go a certain way. John 12, 40 through 43 says, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they, listen to this, they loved human praise more than praise from God. That's an important statement. Those believers at the time, those that felt Jesus Christ tugging at their heart, were afraid to acknowledge it because they were more worried about what the people would think than what God thought. How many times in our lives does that happen? How many times do we put our head down and walk away when we knew we should have said something about Jesus? Is it because you're afraid of human praise or lack of it instead of God's? We should love him so much that it doesn't matter. But they were in a pickle, weren't they? They, 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 That had to be a scary time. So not long following, the crowd that was honoring Jesus on that day, on Palm Sunday, turned on him. (laughs) One day they were praising and honoring, and the next they were screaming, crucify him. Why are people like that? Well, I say some are fickle as a pickle. So we saw it even in this time. When God should have been honored, they turned on him. The def, I just want to give you the definition of fickle. Changing frequently, especially as regard to one's loyalties, interests, and affection. Likely to change your opinion or feelings suddenly and without a good reason. So, here we are. I know there's things in our life that we don't handle right. We're fickle. And we, sometimes we have to listen to the fickle. We've been on the other end of the fickling. <laughs> that word? <laughs> anyway, I will go on. <laughs> um, how did Je- I want to know how, how did Jesus, hand- Jesus handle this? So that's my first point. How did Jesus handle this? You know, Jesus, throughout the New Testament, <laughs> encouraged forgiveness, and he always had compassion on people, even when they didn't deserve it. He found the good deep down in every person. And this is something we need to do today. In Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus about forgiveness. And Jesus shared with him how to forgive. Matthew 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. That means you always forgive. Always. 
And throughout the New Testament, you also see many times that Jesus had compassion when everybody else had given up. You know, it's, it's so important to, to understand this. He had compassion and forgiveness. So how did Jesus handle fickle people? Compassion and forgiveness. That doesn't sound very fun, does it? You see, through the whole, like I said, in, you could, I could have put down a, a, many more scriptures on how he had forgiveness and how he, he had compassion on people. Even when the disciples on several occasions tried to protect Jesus from the crowd. But he would stop them from turning people away and minister to those who needed a healing touch. Sometimes we get behind other people and we let them fight our battles. Sometimes we need to say, stop. We need to love these people that are, that are calling out to us, that aren't very pretty, that are hurting. God wants us to have that mercy and compassion. So Matthew's 20 I just wanted to share this. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of Davis, have mercy on us. And the crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want, for, for, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately they received their sight and followed him. Every step of the way, Jesus had compassion on people that were there even, even when Jesus Christ was being tortured. After Jesus was done praying on the Mount of Olives, he got up and was meeting the disciples as he usually did. And Judas arrived with the soldiers and pointed at Jesus and gave him a kiss. And the soldiers sent by the priests, elders, and teachers of the law went to arrest him. The disciples again were trying to protect the Lord and really had no idea what was happening. And Peter, I love Peter, I, I identify with Peter, you know, he always said and did before he thought. And if that's you, you know, that's okay. God needs some of us wily people that are willing to step out and yell and maybe be in the wrong, but most of the time we're trying to do right. And I love Peter for that. Because Peter became a great man of God. But it took the Holy Spirit, like we talked about last week. When that came on him, woo, Peter became a giant. So right now, Peter's being Peter and trying to do it his own way. And he lashed out and went whoosh with a sword and cut the right ear of the soldier off. And if I was a disciple, I'd be going, yeah, take that. <laughs> wouldn't we? We wouldn't be thinking, oh, no, no, no. We'd be going, yeah, come on, Jesus, let's just go slay these people because they thought Jesus was going to rise to this kingdom and save the whole nation and that's not how it went down so you see 
Our thoughts aren't what God has for us all the time. And when we get stubborn and bitter and don't have that compassion, compassion and forgiveness, we miss what God has for us. So, but Jesus, knowing what was going to happen next, stepped in and told Peter to stop, and he touched the soldier's ear and healed it. He put it back on. And I had to go back and read because I thought, maybe I read that wrong. Maybe he just got cut. It says it whopped off his ear. And Jesus put it back on. Now, I don't think he had time to take stitches and stitch it up. He just healed it. God has a healing for everyone out here who believes in it and is willing to step up and let Jesus heal them. I would love to know what that soldier thought after that. How he went through the rest of the events and going, I still got my ear. I think this Jesus thing is cool. I don't know. That was me. That's not theological. Luke 22 says, And the one of them struck the servant of the high priest, they, they say in the commentaries it was Peter, and I believe it, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed them. See, Jesus had the compassion for that soldier, even though he knew what was going to happen to him. He was teaching the disciples and us how to have for compassion and forgiveness. I can't say this enough. If you can get this in your heart today to study it out, God's going to do a miracle work on you, and you are going to have such an awesome life when you can catch hold of forgiveness and compassion. Now, I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it. <laughs> I'm learning right along with you. Ooh, I can have some fun days. But I know when I stop and pray, Lord, what do you want me to do? God, how can I make this better? He always has an answer. It's usually not the one I want. You know, there's a scripture that says, heap those coals on their head. Oh, sometimes I pray that. Lord, just bless that person. Heap coals on their head. Until I figured out and studied it up. Heaping coals on their head. It came from, in history, the women walked down the street with bowls on their heads and the people, as in the mornings or whenever they needed to refresh coals to give to those that had no heat. So rats, that took the fun out of that scripture. <laughs> so I kind of forget that part, and I still say, heaped them coals, God, heaped them coals. I don't know, I got off on a bunny trail on that one, sorry. So even when Jesus was carrying his cross to the hill, he was to be crucified on, you know, it hit me this week. How many faces did he pass that just week prior were yelling Hosanna, praising him, glorifying him, chanting, you're the only way, Jesus. How many, with him dragging that cross on his back, bleeding with open sores and gashing wounds, how many faces did he see? that had just been praising him, yelling, crucify him. I, I can't even fathom that. More than the cross and the beatings is seeing those people's faces. And he still had compassion and mercy on them. So much so in his dying words, in Luke 23, he said, Father, forgive them, 
for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So if Jesus could have that kind of compassion and forgiveness, can we have that same thing with fickle people, with people that have hurt you? Oh, absolutely. You see, the word is there to guide us and show us how to be a Christian, Christ-like. So how should we respond to fickle people? You know, people are so funny. And I can relate a little bit, not as much as Jesus, but I can relate because we've had many come and tell us, oh, I've learned so much from your sermon. We just love you. We're going to follow you. Pastor Norma Barb, we're going to lift your arms up and be your Aaron and her. Don't you worry. We got this. And I'm like, okay. Because it has never, you know, quite a few times. Bam. (laughs) They're mad. They're hurt. They say we're hurtful. Sometimes they even say we're the spawn of the devil. And I'm like, what happened? (laughs) Y'all loved us a week ago. And a lot of times they don't even tell us. We find out from somebody else. The word is fickle. Fickle as a pickle. You know, Dave Williams always said, there are two ways to responding to hurts. One is the devil's way, the most natural way, which is to hold on to hurt and not forgive. How many have been there or there right now? Amen. The other way is God's way, and that's through forgiveness. You know, I've always said, hurting people hurt others. And when you can keep that in mind, it helps you see someone in a different light. You'll begin to have compassion for them and realize they're hurting and they're unhappy. And when you begin to see people like this, you can give them hope and help for them to find Jesus. Amen? It makes you look at it totally different. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. Even if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgiving is an act of faith. It's not a feeling. Sometimes we just don't feel like forgiving someone. When you have been hurt and you have no forgiveness in your heart, how can you forgive? That's not an easy thing to do. I have shared this testimony time and time again, but to me, it is the most awesome story of forgiveness. It's about Corrie Ten Boom, and if you've never read her books, get them. The one is called Tramp for the Lord, and her and her family were hiding the Jews, and the Nazis found them, and they all got thrown in a concentration camp. Corey never saw her mom and dad again, but she was in the same concentration camp as her sister. And believe me, as you read the story, you realize Corey's sister had more faith. She was always there uplifting Corey and telling her to have faith in God. And there was a lot of awesome things that happened, but there was a guard there that beat and tortured them. It says that he wore a a leather strap from his belt to beat them with. And I think he raped Corey's sister. And because of those wounds, she died in that concentration camp. Well, Corey went on 
to be an awesome speaker. I can remember when I first got saved in the 80s, she was on the 700 Club, this little old lady. Walked in, I thought, what in the world? She had such a message of love and compassion for people. She just loved Jesus. And she ministered to crowds of people. And I believe she was in Germany at a revival, and she spoke. And she was speaking on forgiveness. And all of a sudden, she looked. And in the aisle coming towards her, as she had said, if you need forgiveness, you need to forgive someone, come up to the altar. And she goes, I had, I had believed in those words, but when I saw this man, I had no forgiveness for him. And it was the guard that had been in that concentration camp. And he came forward with tears streaming down his eyes. And Corey said she could pray for anybody else but him. And she stood there and looked in her pocketbooks and tried to, and she was talking to God, going, God, you know what he did. I can't forgive him. Lord, what am I, what am I supposed to do? I cannot forgive this man for what he did to us. And all of a sudden, God goes, Corey, just reach your hand out in forgiveness, and I'll do the rest. I can't do this, God. She argued with him, even though she was preaching forgiveness. You know, we all have our are areas that God wants to work on us. Even us preachers, teachers, those that you think have it all together, there's always something that we need to work on. So as this man is coming forward, he goes, do you remember me? And she was like, oh, it's him. And in the back of her head, God's going, Corey, just reach your hand out. I'm not asking you to do anything else but you reach your hand out in forgiveness. And as she reached her hand out, the love of God flowed over her, and she held him and said, I forgive you. She said without God prompting her, she had nothing in her to forgive. But as she reached her hand out, see, she had that faith. Sometimes God's going to make you do, want you to do something that you don't want to do. And when you do the explosion hits. God moves. God heals. God turns whatever's in your life around. You see, because you quit thinking with your head and you start thinking with your heart. And God can move. But if you're stubborn enough and you have too much pride to say, I don't care. I can't do this. You're going to stay in the same swamp you're in. But When you let God move through you, he does mighty and amazing things. Corey Tinboon expressed in her book, forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heat. It wasn't until after she gave her hand that the healing began. You know, I've always said when you minister to others, no matter how down and out you are, when you lift your head up and quit thinking about yourself and you start going out and touching other people, God heals you. You'll feel better. And you want to know something? Not everyone will accept your forgiveness. When you have done all you can do and there is no response or a negative response then release them. 
Sometimes you won't be received at all, and that's when you just got to pray, God, please forgive me for whatever I've done to hurt them. I forgive them. And you say, okay, then let that person go. All you can do is pray for them. That is not easy, but let them go. Give them to God and pray for them, but don't go after them. I always have said you have to love people, but you don't ever have to like them. That is true. In your heart, you have to love people, but I don't have to like you. But I usually do. <laughs> so when Jesus sent his disciples out, this is in Acts, after they established the church and God, Jesus was pouring into mentoring his disciples, he sent them out into the city to share the good news, and he gave them some instructions. Those who accept you, stay with them, but those who are negative, leave them alone. Matthew chapter 10. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. So if you ever see me coming up to you and afterwards doing this, I think you better pray. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, well, yeah, I guess I have done that. <laughs> so in conclusion, where's Sarah? <laughs> you know, this week should be a week to examine your heart and take in what Jesus did for us on the cross the excitement and the praise of the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday to the Last Supper to the cross and then Easter morning. We have a lot to celebrate and to think about. All the emotions that Jesus must have felt and yet he was still teaching us how to treat others. Are you ready to look differently at other people? Are you ready to face the giants in your life that you've been hurt by, or you've hurt. Have compassion on yourself. Have forgiveness on yourself. And by all means, start praying that God will give you that compassion and healing touch in your own life. And maybe you need a touch from the Lord this morning to be able to forgive or be forgiven. So in a minute, we're going to open these altars and you can come up and give you a chance to change your heart. But more than this, maybe today you're sitting here, maybe you're out there thinking, I don't know this Jesus. He sounds pretty bizarre to me. Yeah, he is. He's out of this world, and I'm totally in love with him. And I want you to have that feeling too. So if you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, I want to give you an opportunity today. So if you believe that Jesus can come into your life and change you, and that he died on a cross for you to take care of your sins, and he bled, and he poured out his blood for each and every one of you, for healing, for you to get your spirit right. If you believe that can happen for you today, and that on the third day, Easter Sunday, after dying on a cross, he rose that day for you and me to have eternity with him, 
doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what's happened even today. If you're willing to turn your life around and give it to Jesus, you're going to be with him in eternity. Amen? So I want every eye closed and head bowed. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you want, you've never given your heart to Jesus, just raise your hand. I want to see where I see that hand. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray as a big family right now for those that have asked for Jesus to come into their heart. Just repeat after me. Father God, thank you for dying on the cross and raising on the third day just for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Make me a new creature that I can go out and love on others. And I give you my heart today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I know right now there are people that are hurting. And there's people that have hurt. And if you need that forgiveness today, our team's coming up. And I want them to minister over you. You see, this morning, before I ever started, I came in early. And I love it because I come, I don't know why I don't turn the lights on in here because I think I like to be clumsy and knock over chairs and knock my coffee over and whatever else. But I come in here to pray for you. I come in here that God will be victorious in this service today. And that's what he did this morning. I felt I had to keep looking down on my feet to make sure they were touching the ground. God was moving. But guess what? Just like Corey, he isn't going to do it if you sit in that seat and say, well, maybe I'll come next week and have something to pray over me. Or you wait till the service is over, and then you come up and go, hey, will you pray for me? You know what? There's an anointing right now. You don't want to miss this. God is calling your name. Maybe you need a healing touch. Maybe you need God to be in a situation that you don't know how, how to fix. You know what? God will fix it. Because he's a God of compassion and forgiveness. And I want you to just come and enjoy the altar and give God a chance. Lord, we just pray right now for each and every one in here. I pray for those that, God, are already pumped up for you. I just pray the anointing on them is even stronger to go out and reach others. I pray for those that are sick in body that you will do a mighty touch. I see them as they're walking out of here. Whatever was hurting, whatever's going on, you're healing it right now. I pray for Lois right now. She's the one I saw this morning that, God, you were healing her from her broken body. She's such a godly woman. But, Lord, I saw her being healed. And we just ask that you touch her wherever she is. Father God, I pray for those that feel like they're in a financial bind and they don't know what to do just give it to Jesus if you're giving your heart to the Lord and you're giving him everything he's going to take care of you no matter what so come up, get prayed for in Jesus mighty name and everybody said Amen, God bless you